whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Hello. Hello. We are coming to you from a new location. Dun, dun, dun. Guess where it is? (laughs) Tim's office. Which is done and finished and functional. We're no longer in a garage closet. We're no longer in the Lego room at Danny's house. But the addition is complete. (laughs) You want to know what's really sad? What? Well, I was with my kids before I read your text about if we wanted to do it here. I told the boys that before they <laughs> went to bed, they had to clear off the table, the round oh, table, oh. at least halfway so that we could put our stuff on there to record because it said every time we go down there, it's more and more filled up. And so it is though. I read your text and said, that sounds good. But then I forgot to tell them and then they come up and kiss me goodnight. And are like, we just got done clearing off the table for you. And I was like, Okay, thanks. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're like, what? Like, Abby just said that we're going to record at her house in Mr. Tim's office. And they're like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, well. They actually had good attitudes. But like, sorry, boys. Sorry. So. Oh, well. This is much more refreshing to my mind being here. Yes, you don't see little Lego pieces everywhere and trash and yeah, dirty clothes and all sorts of things. Now we just get to look at Tim's sketches and junk. His like whiteboard of I can't see it because it's behind me. I'm (laughs) doing great just looking at his other 16 monitors and yeah, computers in here. Smells good, like a new carpet. Great. Well, how are you? Today, we did a group prenatal appointment with our midwife. And a new friend. Yes, who is also her other client. We didn't just invite a random new friend. (laughs) She was already using our midwife. and And I did actually know her before this it's just been a more we met three and a half years ago and we've been facebook friends and i've seen her a couple times at some different things and mm-hmm. but we've never i took her a meal after she had her last baby but i've never really hung out with her at our house so so we just multitasked and did we a hung out the whole day prenatal play date something not the majority of people probably do yeah but yeah. it was fun any update on your pregnancy you I'm are 29 29 weeks and your fundal height was 29 weeks which is really right my last appointment was at 26 weeks and my fundal height was 30 centimeters mm-hmm. so or inches like I like to say <laughs> So that was good. I mean, I've been doing a lot of things to try to help that situation, never knowing which things are actually helping or not. Yeah. But 
I do think I've figured out that going on walks every night and stopping eating really early, like not eating anything after dinner time, Mm -hmm. help with my blood sugar in the mornings. Um, Because my blood sugar was starting to creep up a little bit again. It wasn't anything terrible, but there were multiple days where it was over 90 again. So... But when I do that, it tends to be back down in the low, lower 80s, mid-80s. Nice. So, see how that keeps going. Um, oh, we went on a little trip this week. Oh, yeah. Like, we went to Great Wolf Lodge. I keep saying la- it was last week that we did that. And I know. I'm like, it feels strange. We just got home two days ago, and yet it feels like it was a lifetime ago. Yeah, it really does. But our kids really had fun, I think. We survived. That was exhausting. I feel like I felt like my body had like Wednesday a... was a really long day for me. Yeah. Wednesday we woke up and we went back to the water park for an hour and a half before we needed to check out. And then we drove home, made lunch, and then Chip and I went and cleaned my mother-in-law's floors at her house which we do every week she pays us to do that i think i've mentioned it before but we did that and then we came home and had our small group at our house which thankfully it wasn't as many people yeah i mean i say that i love when everybody comes but on top of a day like that it was less people than sometimes and it was still oh my husband is so faithful and motivated when it came time to do the part where we watch some sort of sermon or video or whatever. We do it short, a short one. It's only like usually 20 minutes, but I was ready to throw in the towel big yeah. time. I think all of us were, but Chip's always so, uh, you're so exuberant about it, babe. <laughs> no, he's going to listen to this. He listens to them all. So he's a very faithful listener. He's faithful, guys. He is. He's a faithful husband, a faithful dad, Small a faithful leader. employee, <laughs> a faithful get the sermon up and going. Yep. At reach group. So, and this time we had to walk downstairs for it. So we all we all picked ourselves up off the couches and made the trek down the stairs it was definitely an exhausting trip but so a review of great wolf lodge in arizona is meh meh maybe wait till they are open longer and have educated their employees better that and then it just you really have to be ready for I mean, even all of the different, like, resort fees and all sorts of taxes and stuff. I yeah. I mean, it definitely, I think they definitely are able to make you always think you're getting some sort of deal the way mm-hmm. that they advertise. And I think there's always, like, a 20% off or 25% off or 30% yeah. off. To make you think, like, oh, I'm getting this really amazing room for, like, this much cheaper. But I wasn't 
I wasn't even really impressed with the rooms, even with the water park admission, for the rates we got them at, which was supposed to be a really great deal. I was. Oh. I feel differently about that. I don't feel like the rooms are very... I don't feel like they're resort-like in any way. Hmm. I feel like they didn't even have a microwave. Yeah. It's nothing, like, special or fancy about it at all. There's nothing, like, premium. It's just a hard hotel bed with itchy sheets and... Those sheets were really itchy. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not like this, I know. I guess I just... They're just like a regular hotel. It's not like... I just feel like for the size of the room, though, it's like essentially having two rooms. I know. So if you even split it in half... So we didn't pay anything extra as far as, like, we didn't get any packages. We didn't get anything extra. So, yes, we all get admission into the water park, so there's that aspect of it. But we paid before the taxes and fees and everything. It was supposed to be $300 a night for our room. Oh, and because we had to pick one that could have at least 10 people right, that, mm. because you have to put in every person to yeah. be able to get admission into the water park. That makes your your room was much more expensive than ours. So with the taxes and everything, we paid almost $800 mm-hmm. for the two nights. So it was it was probably like 375 a night for two rooms. So then when you split that in half, it's like still a hundred and let's see if 375 why can't i do math right now a hundred and you can't either if it was a if it was 380 yeah then it would be 165 i think i did that no <laughs> no it'd be a hundred and Well, 300 <laughs> divided by 2 is 150. Right. And then 30 divided by 2 is 15. So that would Whatever. be 165. Anyway, $165 a night per room, essentially, is what... Right, but then you're paid. getting the water park. I know, but I felt like the water park was... I, I don't know. I just didn't feel impressed with the whole thing. I felt like it was just barely tolerable. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's my I didn't hate it as much as... Never going back. Wow. To the Arizona location. I should specify that. The only good part about the Arizona location is it's 15 minutes away. And I really did love being able to check out and be home and unpacked like 45 minutes later. And I do feel like it was really not busy at all. This is true. Which also was a benefit. The not busyness was about You, like, walk, climb up the giant flight of stairs to go on another slide, and there's, like, maybe one person in front of you. Yes. So. That was. There was very little That was lines. really nice. The kids, I think, I do think the kids were able to get a full, like, really full days in because they weren't just standing in line waiting for things all day. They just would literally yes. go on whatever they wanted yeah. whenever they wanted to. So, I do think Kenzie's 12, and I think... She's at one of the older ages of enjoyment levels for it. I don't know. Yeah, I think she probably still had fun, but I think 
It's not. The, the rides aren't like these crazy. There's one slide that is scarier that. But I don't know that you'd want to continually go on. I don't think it's like a super yeah. fun, scarier. Th- it's one of the ones where your feet drop out from under you. and Yeah. Um, I didn't go on that one with my state of pregnancy and just because that doesn't really sound fun mm-hmm. to me anyway. No. But, yeah, overall, I think it was fun that we went together and kids could run around together and adults could... It wasn't just me and Chip having to be split up all day, every day, and just hanging out with little kids all by yourself. Abby and I could hang out with our little kids together, and... Yeah, so... So we did that this week. And... It's just been ketchup and... And prenatal day. Today. Six hours of hanging out. (laughs) Yep. Not catching up on anything else. No, we did not have today be a catch-up day. Yeah. How are you feeling? How was your... What was your fundal height? I don't even know. 28 centimeters. Mm. So... And you are almost going to be 27 weeks. Yeah. Were you ahead at the last one? You didn't even check it. She one. didn't measure it at the last one. Okay. I mean, and that's not like that's really measuring ahead. I, no. I feel like it's not even no. something that they would even normally tell you or yeah. be concerned about or anything. But. Melissa has not had her baby as of Friday night at 10 p.m. It's true. So we're still waiting on her and she has a really good attitude. It's true. Almost too good, though. (laughs) I feel like she has such a good attitude that I think might be a little bit longer before you have your baby. I really hope for her sake it's not and that she's just having a good attitude. But... She has a really Maybe good she's attitude. just having a good attitude in front of us. Maybe, Maybe she's having her bad attitude somewhere other place. Maybe. But so far she's been really hanging in there like a trooper. Yeah. So what are we gonna talk about today? I don't even know. Do you? No. Mm. Tim was asking what we were gonna talk about and I was like, I don't know, because just feels like when we have weeks of mulling over things that have nothing to do with birth or like things that I don't want to talk about on a podcast episode, it feels hard to then transfer our brain thoughts to like other things that we don't know that we do want to talk about. Yeah. So it's um, been like one of those weeks. Hmm. So yeah, we've just had a lot going on and. We're being all like secretive and vague. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really, really getting <laughs> awkward, guys. <laughs> I feel like we always somehow pull through at this point, right about now, and we make something up. But <sighs> all right, uh. so let's just go. F- let's dive in to what Chip said we should talk about. We asked Chip and Tim what we should talk about. Tim said, I have no idea. And Chip said we should talk about more about our 
personal experiences into having the amount of kids we have. And like, did we always want to have a lot of kids? Did. We've talked about this early on about kind of our general philosophy and, yeah. and and why we would have multiple children and continue to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we talked like what a we lot. believe about children. But we didn't talk a lot about like is this something we've always thought? Did how does it shifted over the years? And, and how did God actually like? Obviously, we've said it in multiple times and in multiple ways, but... Here's Danny's... This is my disclaimer. Here's Danny's disclaimer she has to throw in there. Which is appropriate, I can understand, because this isn't... This is a very... A topic that is not just widely understood or accepted of our opinion on it or Mm -hmm. our conviction or whatever you want to call it. But we know that this could get offensive. We know that this could... It's not our intention to be offensive when we are talking about what where God has brought us and what where we're at with thinking things are right or wrong or good or bad or what we're supposed to do or not supposed to do and we're not even necessarily saying it's what everyone's supposed to do but there's going to be times where the language we're using is going to appear that we think everybody's supposed to do that and again like we've talked about other times sometimes we're we're talking about we're, we're going to be making broad generalizations and it doesn't mean that there's never a situation or a scenario or a case or whatever that you could put out there that we wouldn't agree with you that it might be different than what we're talking about but we're going to kind of go with what just where we're at so don't let it get your panties in a tizzy. <laughs> I was in my head finishing that as panties in a bunch, and I'm like, surely she's not going to say that. <laughs> well, mine were in a tizzy, not a bunch. <laughs> Don't get your panties bunched or tizzied up. <laughs> Just listen to what we say, agree or disagree, and if you hate what we're saying, just hate what we're saying and that's fine with us you can let us know though too sure let us know we're not gonna we're really not gonna be super offended by that if but you shouldn't really be super offended by what we're gonna say either because this is really it truly is between you and the lord Mm -hmm. but and your husbands and whatever all of those things but we don't talk about these things and encourage each other in different ways sometimes that's the catalyst god uses to change our minds and shape our families and things so, so. did you always know you wanted to have a large family yes <laughs> the end no um subconsciously i knew abby <laughs> i have always loved kids I've always loved babies. I've always, hmm. when I was a little tiny girl, I would play with six babies at once, and they would all be my family. And oh, 
I didn't know any of this. Oh, yeah. When I was really little and you would ask me what I wanted to be, I would usually say a pediatrician because I wanted to be a baby doctor. Not really understanding. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't want to be an OB, but I I wanted to take care of the babies. Yes. Um, so from that aspect, I've always known that I... Like, I always babysat a lot. I started babysitting when I was 11 for, like, a baby. And when I was 12, I was babysitting him and his sister, who were one and two months old. So, what are you smirking over there about? Is so... Your answer to this question is so opposite of my answer to this question that I'm just laughing at, like, how we both arrived at, like, a similar conclusion of how it plays out, but how I have never liked kids. Kids annoyed me. I didn't want... Like, I wanted to have a couple of kids, but I would like my kids and my kids only. Mm -hmm. I never babysat. I never played with dolls. I never, like was a person, like, all the kids just annoyed me. Yeah. So, I, everything that you're saying, I'm like, I was the complete opposite of that. Yeah, when my my aunt had triplets when I was, I was about to turn nine, and we got to go visit them when they were, like, I don't remember how old, but a few months old, six months old or nine months old or something, I don't know. And I, it was like my dream come true. I just took care of all the babies the whole time. Like they would give me the diapers and the pajamas and getting like three babies ready for bed was just like Hmm. my, I'm sure it was my aunt's dream come true Mm -hmm. at that point too. She was like, praise the Lord, someone to help me take care of these babies. But um, yeah, I... I just loved it. I loved all of that very much. But so how many kids did you... Did you have, like, a plan when I you got really married? I really wanted to have four kids, which is the number of kids that I grew up with in my family. Mm-hmm. In my family, there were two kids, and then my parents had waited a long time in between my sister and I. In, intentionally, they um, used methods to try to not have babies for a while and then had me and my younger sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There were the four of us, but it was kind of a spaced out, like... I kind of definitely grew up with the mentality of... We had two kids, and then we, like... I really needed a break. It was, like, getting hard to manage at that point. We waited a long time. We had two more kids when our other two kids were old enough to be helpful. Mm -hmm. All of... Like, that's what I kind of got cemented in my brain as like well more than two kids would be really hard but you could do four kids if you have like a space so that's kind of what you went into your plan as yes and chip grew up in a family where there were three of them close together and he kind of always heard well three kids close together felt really overwhelming and really hard to do and that's why we had never had more kids mm-hmm. so it kind of almost solidified my my parents plan well they were able to have a fourth kid because mm-hmm. they waited and had the yeah. help and whatever and if you don't wait and you don't have that space and you just have them really close together then like three is like the real hard challenge yeah 
So I think we, he liked growing up in a family with three kids and I liked growing up in a family with four kids and we, I wasn't opposed to only having three, but I hoped we would have four. Mm-hmm. So did you think you'd have two? I just didn't want three. So I would always say two or four, two or four. I just didn't want an odd number. I grew up in a family of three and I just hated the like someone was always left out. Yeah. So I think that was but four always felt like a lot to me that I was like, if we like accidentally have a third, then we would have to have a fourth to like even things Mm -hmm. out. Yeah, totally. But two would be great. Two would feel like, is this not enough? Like I didn't, I wasn't sure. By the time we had our second, I definitely didn't feel like I feel done. Like I didn't get that like right feeling of this was enough. But I feel like God was already kind of starting to work on yes, on my heart on that area. Yes. Right. Um. Yeah. So we definitely went. I mean, I can remember some of chips like some of our first conversations, even when we were dating, talking about. These conversations, how many kids we would want, mm-hmm. and and very much saying I wanted to have all my kids by the time I was thirty. I wanted to have them when I was young. I wanted to, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I just had these plans about how I was going to work it all out, and we definitely went into our marriage being counseled by many people that the responsible. And wise and all of the above things to do would be to be on a hormonal birth control of some sort. Mm -hmm. The pill was very much promoted by multiple people we knew. Um, And when we, to our understanding, in a very simplified version of what the pill did... We're just told, oh, keeps you from ovulating. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't ovulate, you don't conceive. And so that's like, it's fine. And I never looked into it further than that. I definitely right. never, I mean, I think I was just still at a stage in life where I, it never even would have crossed my mind to read the pamphlet that comes in the birth control pill. Sure. And especially when everyone you, you know, kind of around you, including people like Christians and things. It's interesting because even, even when you'd hear, like I'd hear things about the, the health risks of, of it, Mm -hmm. blood clots, um, hormonal, like the way that it could affect your like hormones and your fertility, all these different things. And I think... I just was still in that kind of stage of thinking, well, but it's such a rare thing and that will never happen to me. Yeah. Like you, you have this mentality of like, like, well, if that doesn't happen very often, then mm-hmm. I'm safe from it happening. Yeah. Like nobody ever thinks when there's statistics about bad things happening that they're going to be that statistic, that they're going to be that. Especially when you're young. Yes. I mean, that's just kind of the invincibility mindset of like, well, that won't happen to me. Right. And so, um, 
even from that standpoint now i would say like what are we doing to what what are like why is this acceptable as a culture mm-hmm. even aside from the morality of it it's like why why do we want to keep our bodies from having children to the point that we would take on the risks of all of these like increased chances of cancer and blood clotting and disorders mm-hmm. and like just things that it's like kind of sounds a little crazy when you really think through what you're actually saying um yeah i think when our culture has just shifted so far over into believing that children are a burden Mm -hmm. when we're so far but they immersed in that it's this weird it's this weird double standard thing though where like children are a burden all the time until you want one then you should get one and they're idolized then yes immediately Mm -hmm. and it's like you should be able to make it happen no matter what right and be able to control the timing and the, and the amount and, and when you have your baby and yeah right and so it's just this really strange i don't know it's like we can't completely suppress the the gift that children are and that that like natural desire and longing that people have to want to have children in their families but mm-hmm. It, it very much has become a control issue over yeah. not letting it be inconvenient in any way to my plan in my life and only should happen on my terms mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. And in the course of that, it's also been very much disconnected from sex. Mm-hmm. Like conception isn't viewed as... It is, but it isn't. It's like they should be able to be accomplished separately of them of each other, right. essentially. Um, so, yeah, I think we started off our marriage and we just were happily going down our little road of I was taking birth control pills and... Um, we were not we we didn't feel that we were at a place where we were ready to have children mm-hmm. even though i wanted to have kids early i wanted to have kids young i had friends who started having babies and i was like ready to mm-hmm. have a baby but as far as like employment went and stuff, we felt like Chip needed to have a more stable job, and we knew it was important to us that I, if I I wanted to be able to stay at home with my kids and right. not have to work, so we used that as our reasoning. And but quickly, pretty early on in our marriage, we had friends who started bringing up the idea, like the the factors of the birth control pill of before you even had Kenzie oh yeah okay oh yeah it was like I don't know probably got married in June and probably before the end of that year we had friends 
bringing us literature and and different things that they wanted us to read and look at and websites and things to like telling us the pill has an abortifacient aspect to it like even if it's supposed to block ovulation it doesn't always do that you know it doesn't always do that because it's not a hundred percent like people can get pregnant on the pill so if they can get pregnant on the pill they had to have ovulated mm-hmm. to get pregnant and but there's we don't know the number of pregnancies that fail in between ovulation and like right implantation and like they started showing me in the packets of the pill like and what was this your reaction actually to that? says that the second function like the first function of it is to try to prevent ovulation but that if that fails like the secondary function is to like ruin the uterine lining mm-hmm. essentially weaken it um inhabitable make it yes make an inhabitable host so that if you do conceive your baby will have yeah, a lot implant. more trouble yeah. implanting and so i think initially our response that just sounds so foolish now but it's like what we held on to because we were holding on to that idol of control was well that's not our intention in using it though as if like your intention in using it Mm -hmm. somehow justifies what what is actually happening like well we didn't know that and wanting to kind of still live in ignorance even though we're not ignorant to it now Mm -hmm. but and then as it kind of shifted, it kind of went to like, well, I mean, but we know that God can still allow implantation to occur because that's how people still get pregnant on the pill. Mm-hmm. So it went from like this, we want to still be ignorant to it, even though we're not. So it's like this claim of like, but God's this, sovereign, but like, yeah, I'm doing everything I can to make it so that. It doesn't happen. Right. And I think it just, I mean, these are like times where it's like you think about it once and you kind of are like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, I don't really know what I think about that. And then it's like a lot of time goes by while you're still taking the pill and then you're confronted with it again at some point in time and in some way and you're like... Hmm, well, I mean, maybe that's true. Like, I wonder how much it really actually mm-hmm. happens. Like, I don't think I'm probably ovulating. Like, yeah, I think it's probably working for me. So it's not like I didn't have this, like, immediate, like, cut-to-my-heart conviction of, like, you are in blatant sin and this is mm-hmm. wrong and you need to stop taking it. And I was like, no, God, I'm going to yeah. do it anyway. It was definitely like a course of it kind of come up, I'd think about it, and then we'd kind of convince ourselves, like, "Mm, this is still okay. Mm -hmm. This is comfortable. This is safe. Look at all these people we respect that told us to take this. Like, is this even true? How do we even know this is true? So it took a lot of different times of, like, it coming around again and thinking about it again and then reading more of the stuff that we Mm -hmm. were given, really paying attention to it, to... The point that I think at some point along the way, it was like by that next July that we had decided we were ready Mm -hmm. and we're going. And I think by that point, I was just so antsy to be able to have a baby. 
And these things were starting to bother me a little bit more, but not like really a lot but i was i was very happy and thankful to just be able to be done mm-hmm. like with the pill and um i was very much anticipating that it could take a long time to get pregnant once i stopped taking the pill mm-hmm. um but i was pregnant before like before the month was up of like yeah not being on it yeah so what about for you with your we'll jump back and forth here um how'd your marriage start out with we like i said was kind of we'll either have two or four but four sounds like a lot um what about tim tim was kind of like that i think he was more on the two side of of it but sorry for my little slurpy i know i feel like i'm like my chair's loud whatever um we had our first accidentally on birth control and then after we had had her we got pregnant again right before she turned one um and what at that point we were just using condoms what was your mentality during that time it was still like i didn't want to be on birth control because I don't know actually why I didn't get back on birth control, but I just, <laughs> I was thinking because I was nursing, but I wasn't at that time. Oh, right. Cause you only right. nursed Grace on birth So I don't know. I know we were using condoms, but I don't know why I just didn't get back on birth control. Um, you hadn't had anyone really talk to you about no. it or. No. Huh. I. That's interesting. Remember we got pregnant right before Grayson turned one and we miscarried that baby. And I remember our OB saying, make sure you wait three months before you get pregnant again to like give your body time to heal from the miscarriage. And I remember like feeling so strongly like we're not supposed to be in control of this. Like we're not obviously like God had us get pregnant again and then we lost the baby. Like why are we trying to be the ones to like mark out three months and like prevent it? And even though that pregnancy was kind of a surprise too like we weren't really expecting it that I think that was when I was feeling very strongly like I don't think we're supposed to control this and Tim was kind of like okay yeah reluctantly but went along with it and then we got pregnant two weeks later again um and then after our second baby was when we really started feeling like especially me the conviction of like trying to control it with what means and um we started looking more into like natural family planning and trying to just like you know avoid times of ovulation and so we thought we did that well and then got pregnant with our third and it was around it was definitely during her pregnancy that we became friends with you guys a, but that was definitely around the time that God really started working on my heart and on Tim's heart of like, why, if we say we trust God, if we say that like children are a blessing, like why are we trying to like control this so much? And I remember having a lot of conversations with you guys when we would hang out with you guys. Um, I mean, and at that point I had had our sixth baby. So I had, I mean, a yeah. lot happened between where I left off with yes. having just had Kenzie and 
after I had Kenzie, during my pregnancy with Kenzie, I became, uh, for whatever reason, I knew that after you have a baby and you're nursing, that you can only, like, the, take the, the mini pill, yeah. is what it's called. And that one, pretty specifically, doesn't even claim to prevent ovulation. It primarily works through the other means of like thickening cervical mucus and making sure that you don't that your uterine lining can't build up Mm -hmm. to like a good level and so you can't have a lot of estrogen in a pill to block ovulation and be nursing because estrogen will cause your milk supply to be really bad and tank so I was I was really, for whatever reason, convicted about that pill. Like, well, that's not even trying to prevent ovulation. Like, right. at least the one that I've been taking, like, tries to mm-hmm. prevent ovulation. Like, that's probably happening most of the time. Yeah. Um, so throughout that pregnancy, I... <coughs> Bless you. Sorry. I definitely... It's like, well, we're not going to use that pill after I have Kenzie. Yeah. So I don't know what we're going to do. And then we learned a lot about, you know, just lactation being a natural. I can't even say the word. Um, amenorrhea. <laughs> what is it? When you don't, don't have your period because you're oh. nursing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and so... We kind of just were like, well, for the first six months, we're just going to hope that nursing works to suppress ovulation. Yeah. And if it doesn't, we'll just have a really, really close together two first kids. And that'll just be that. And, like, we're fine either way. It wasn't necessarily about, like, trusting God's plan with it. It was more about just being okay that our plan could fit whatever happened. And, um... So then my friend who had had a baby two months before me got pregnant when her baby was four months old. So Kenzie was two months old when Uh she got pregnant again with her second. And I mean, and I had had my OB tell me something that like I went for just a regular uh, like women's exam at three months. And she was like, oh, looks like you might have some fertile cervical mucus here. Like, just be... Be aware that, like, your fertility could come back sooner than six months. And between her saying that and then and my friend already being pregnant with her second, I, like, very quickly... I mean, and even when Kenzie was first born, I was like, I want to have another baby. Like, I very much was like, yes, let's do this again. So even though I was fine with... And, like, kind of the plan was, like, let's hope for the first six months I don't get pregnant. I think there was definitely a part of me that... Was hoping that was like, well, or was it just at least still like excited and kind of antsy for the thought of like, let's hope this happens. Like I was ready by the time I got pregnant when she was, we decided to start taking monthly pregnancy tests when she turned six months old, just to, because my doctor said like, you don't always, most people get a period back before you get pregnant, but not everybody does. So... You might just want to take a test now and then if anything. Yeah. So 
we decided from six months on we would just take a test every month. So I took one in October and it was negative, and I took one in November and it was negative, and then I took one in December. Kind of not expecting any of these to be positive, really, right. but just like, well, I'll just take one for fun. And the one in December was positive. So in, she was, was the seven months. She was eight. eight months old when I found out. Okay. Um, but I was already like six weeks pregnant. Okay. I had gotten pregnant right after I took the last pregnancy test in okay. November. Um, so super excited like wasn't nervous about it at all was just like couldn't wait super excited for Kenzie to be a big sister but also felt like during that pregnancy like oh no like what am I gonna do after this baby because this is where it comes into play my whole plan of like two close together and then a space space and then two more or or the other option felt like, well, we could handle three close together, but then we're probably just committing to only having three kids, which made me sad because I wanted, I, I was like, I really think I'd want four kids, but yeah. I just don't think I could handle more than that, that close together. Right. So I spent a lot of that pregnancy trying to figure out like what I was going to do after um, Riken was born. And we kind of came to the conclusion well the whole six months thing of nursing worked the last time you didn't get pregnant right. until eight months old so like we'll just kind of take our chances again those first like five or six months and I hope you don't get pregnant and then at that point I was planning to be I don't know why I was like wanting to wait those months I have no idea because it doesn't really affect anything. Right. But for whatever reason, I was going to wait that time. I think mostly out of like just knowing inherently that this was going to like not be as um, intimate. Mm -hmm. But we decided I was going to get fitted for a diaphragm Mm -hmm. and we were going to use that and like potentially like sperm side. And I think... The reason we didn't want to do it sooner was because I was kind of dreading, like, this is just going to take away so much, like, spontaneity, and it's going to feel like we have to... It very much felt like I could... I either have to, like, put this into my body every single night, like, preparing to go to bed just in case we decide Mm -hmm. spontaneously that we want to have sex, or I have to know and plan out that that's what we're doing mm-hmm. and be like ready for it it just felt so unnatural and so not I don't know it similarly to how it felt like I think we had tried using a condom like once and we're just like this just doesn't feel close this just doesn't feel it doesn't feel like what we're used to because Mm -hmm. we were so used to there not being those things there Mm -hmm. that I think we were hoping mentally that like a diaphragm because it will be like internal inside of me maybe we won't like it won't we won't feel it the same way but I I remember being concerned like what if I start getting more like yeast infections or like you know how am I gonna 
handle that and reading different thing about spermicides and how they're not good for your skin and just all these things and it just it was like this felt like the best plan to be truly like a contraceptive yeah where we could still not have to do like a natural family planning thing and not have to like work around certain days but it also just felt like I kind of dreaded it yeah so I wanted to let the the whole like breastfeeding take its course as long as I could and I was like well if I get pregnant before that then I guess we'll just have our third kid and just that'll be that and I do remember Chip saying like well I mean maybe we'll we will be able to have four kids close together like just because I think we've heard it's hard doesn't mean that like Mm -hmm. you know we're not well this I guess wasn't until after I went to the appointment my my OB didn't even offer diaphragms but like she didn't even fit you for them or anything okay so I ended up I was going to a different doctor um and I got there I remember being so nervous having like the sickest feeling in my stomach which I never had felt nervous about going to a doctor's office even yeah. like going for my very first pap smear never felt intimidating to me and I just felt so sick. I felt like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. But I never told Chip any of this. Like, as far as he knew, I was, like, totally mm-hmm. okay with it and on board. And I remember paying my copay and sitting in the waiting room and dreading them calling my name. And they called my name. And they gave me a gown. And, like, was waiting. And then the medical assistant came in and was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize what you were, like, we didn't realize what you're coming in for and it was some weird like the kit we have to measure you is for an old version of the diaphragm we offer but the new prescriptions for them are going to be for this other type and we don't have the kit to measure for that yet and so if we like do it today we're not even really sure you're going to be able to get the old one anymore because mm-hmm. it's being discontinued and so then you just have to come back and get measured again for like the new one and like or it might only you might be able to get one time but then you'll have to like i don't know how yeah. often they recommended replacing them but she's just like so it kind of makes more sense for you to wait until we get our new kit in and come back and i remember the, like the relief washing over me of just like praise God, like, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. And I remember going home and telling Chip, like, I don't, I'm never going back. I don't want to go back. I didn't want to be there. I didn't like any of it. I don't want to do this. And, but that was my feeling with it was like, but then we're going to get pregnant and then I'm going to have a third kid and then we're never going to be able to have the fourth kid I want. And so again, very much still like selfish around my plan and what I wanted. And, but he was like, well, we don't know that. We don't even know when you're going to get pregnant. We don't even know, like, that we couldn't handle a fourth kid. Like, you just need to calm down and, like, not get ahead of ourselves. And so I remember being, like, way more relaxed after that. Like, well, we'll just, I guess we're having a third kid close and we'll see what happens after that. And maybe we will be able to handle a fourth kid. I don't know. So it wasn't, Riken was, um, let's see. He was 11 months old when I found out I was pregnant. And... 
I remember thinking, okay, so our babies will, like these, the first two were 15 and a half months apart. I was like, okay, these ones will be 19 months apart. And thinking, I was due um, in March and Kenzie's birthday was in April. So I was like, okay, so for a month, like I'm gonna have a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and a new baby. Like this is gonna be a little crazy, but I felt really confident. Like well, we've had no problems transitioning to two kids and mm-hmm. I've got this and this is yeah. gonna be great. And I'm excited. And I made cute 4th of July shirts for Kenzie and Riken to wear that said big brother and big sister on them to announce to everybody. and. Then my ultrasound came around, my early ultrasound, and it's on August, either August 4th or August 5th, and that's when there were two babies instead of one baby, and I was so humbled (laughs) immediately of like, oh, okay, well, we're having four babies Mm -hmm. now. And I did not give you permission to do this, God, and I can't do this. And I was supposed to have my third baby and see if I could handle this. And, mm-hmm. like, it was, um, like, a month of a lot of crying. Mm-hmm. A lot of just feeling so unprepared and having so many people just be so excited and really a huge conviction on my heart of which baby is it the blessing mm-hmm. like you say your babies are blessings like which one don't you want and just feeling like in one second I would think I can't do this. I don't. I don't want to do this. Like this is gonna be way too hard. And then, the next second, just begging and pleading with God, like, don't take either of them away, though. Like, <laughs> been feeling so guilty that I was having those thoughts, and yeah, it really just put. It was. It was like challenging me every single day, like constantly, of like, what do you really believe about this, like. Do you believe I'm good? Do you believe I'll provide? Do you believe I'm sovereign? Do you believe I created both of these babies on purpose? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I didn't get your permission, but do you trust me? And can, do you believe I can equip you to do what I'm calling you to do? And I think it was through all of that, like, that when I had to answer those questions in light of that context, mm-hmm. it, I had to answer those questions in light of the context of like, but what about a fifth kid? And what about a sixth kid? And what about a seventh kid? Like, mm-hmm. you believe it for these two kids that I've given you, but yet, then are you going to say you're unwilling to have any more? You're going to do all these extremes, all these things, because our plan after that was to have Chip have a vasectomy mm-hmm. and be done, like not have to worry and not have to think about it and be able to just enjoy ourselves in our marriage and not have to like worry about what will happen if we have another baby. Yeah. And it really just like was a constant like in my face thing of like, okay, so these four are a blessing. Like I'm really challenging you to acknowledge that, but a fifth one wouldn't be like, Mm -hmm. and it was, I mean, I guess 
all the way throughout my pregnancy though I was still very adamant like I, it was I was it was justifiable in my mind like I'm already doing this really hard thing that I didn't even like sign up to do yeah so of course I, I'm gonna we're gonna be done after this I and, feel like when you're in the thick of it too when you're in the like you only have little kids and a lot of little kids it feels and a, a twin so, pregnancy on top of that right. which Having twins is hard, yes, but a twin pregnancy, I think, I didn't understand, like, how much harder on your body that is than having one baby in your body until Mm -hmm. I had two babies in my body. But it's just, like, when you're trying to care for a two-year-old and a one-year-old and you're massively pregnant with two babies inside of you, like... Yeah. You're like, of course I never want to do this again. Like, I want my body to be done doing this, and I want to be back to normal. I want to be back to, like, being able to move normally Mm -hmm. and feel normal and fit in my skinny jeans. And, yeah, like, I'm having my four kids, so there we go, you know. Um, So... God did a ton of work on my heart in that time, but I was I was very hardened to a lot of it still in many ways yeah. of like not wanting to accept all of what he was doing during that time. And also, so I feel like as soon as the twins were born, I actually like really pushed Chip to get a vasectomy while I was pregnant. Like, I was done. I was not having more babies. And he didn't feel comfortable with that. He said, you know, it's a higher-risk pregnancy. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't want anything to happen with these babies. But I just don't feel comfortable taking that drastic of a measure yet. He was still fully on board with and thinking that as soon as the babies were born and were fine... Which is so funny, like, how our minds work. Mm-hmm. Of, like, that somehow we think there's this big risk and we would want the potential to be able to have another baby while the babies are in you. Right, yeah. But that, like, something couldn't happen at any other stage in life. Mm-hmm. Like, when they're 5 or 12 or what. I mean... Yeah. So, the babies were born and they were, like, 2 or 3 weeks old. And he made some passing comment. I think we were just sort of thinking, like, we'll do this early on when I'm nursing twins. Like, we won't really do anything to prevent me from getting pregnant again because we'll just... It's been fine, like, both the other times. Yeah. Um, And he he just made a comment like, oh, I need to figure out someone to go to or we should, you know, figure out someone to call. No appointment, no even name of a doctor, nothing. He just said that, and I, like, the conviction that fell on me was, like, so thick. It was, like, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I would just spend all day, like, Googling, like, biblical justification for sterilization. And, like, I so badly wanted someone to be able to lay out, like, a... A, like well-defined biblical reasons for like why would we do this to our bodies like why do we think this is okay mm-hmm. and everything I read 
instead of bringing me like the peace and comfort I wanted it to bring me just made me more like well, no like this like not only does everything in the Bible talk about God being in control of this process God opening and closing the womb women who weren't able to have children like feeling the like pain of that and like that barrenness being like viewed as like a negative thing Mm -hmm. fertility being viewed viewed as a positive thing like children being viewed as a blessing just over and over and over and over and over again all of these when i'm looking specifically to god's word for what Mm -hmm. how my viewpoint of this should be it's not matching up with go and like have an operation done on your body to try to prevent this and Mm -hmm. but I was positive how long of a period was this it was like three days okay from like Chip's comment to like to like being so like consumed with consumed by it and like under this like heavy weight of it that my my final conclusion at the end of those few days was well this is what I think about it. it, but it still was very much not what I wanted to think about it, and not what I wanted to do at all. Like I still really wanted my way, but I like knew I. But my uh, foolish me thought my way out was going to be the fact that I knew in every conversation Chip and I had ever ever had, going back from before we were ever married. It was always three, maybe four, never five. Like, never five. It was me, what I would say, well, if we had three, maybe we would have, like, a break and then have, like, two more. Like, maybe we could do five. And for him, it was like, no. If we don't have, if we have three close together and we don't decide to have a fourth close together, like, yeah, then we're having three kids. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got, like, well... God, you've made me feel so convicted about this, but now I have to submit to my husband and there's no way, like, he's not going to go for this. Like, it just felt totally like, I don't feel like I could present an argument in which, especially right now, when we're feeling like we're not getting any sleep and we're taking care... I was, like, confused. Why do I even feel like this? Like, this doesn't make any sense. I have a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and two newborns, and, like, this isn't the time that I should be feeling so convicted about all of this. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the perfect time to justify why we have way too much on our plates. And so, but I was like, but if he were to go through something like this and I never said anything, like, I already just knew without I I knew I would become resentful I knew that what God was convicting me of was deep enough that even though it was what I wanted I knew it was like a sinful desire of what Mm -hmm. I wanted and I knew if I didn't say anything that it would just be wrong like Mm -hmm. and that I would regret it and but I very much thought like I'm gonna tell him and then it will be off of, like, my conscience, and it will right. all be, like, his weight to carry in our right. marriage and not, like, mine. So I remember telling him I needed to talk to him and kind of laying it all out there, not in a... I, I don't feel like I was, like, 
heavily trying to convince him. I, you know, I, I didn't want his answer to be like, oh, that makes sense. Like, but I knew I had to tell him that I was wondering, like, how biblically it made sense to go through with something like that. And his words out of his mouth were... I could totally see us having another baby. And to this day, I mean, even even just, like, moments beyond that, it's almost like God didn't allow him to think or say anything and allow those yeah. words to come out to make me just... I mean, I was, like, completely shocked and just, like, who is this? Like, this isn't even my husband talking right now this is like god shot him up and had those words come out because there's no other possible way that and that started him on the like i'm gonna like really look at this and really figure out what i think about this and we both again came to this silly conclusion of just wanting to hold on to our own i guess when i say that these things are really silly it's because logically they don't make sense of like the conviction we were having and then our conclusion it's not Mm -hmm. logical so our conclusion was well we'll be open to another baby as long as I get pregnant and have the baby before Kenzie turns five because then I'm gonna have to start homeschooling and like surely God can't expect me to homeschool all of these children, which was like another new conviction we were having at that time that I had never seen myself in that role of Mm -hmm. like homeschooling at all. But I was kind of feeling like, well, we're probably supposed to homeschool and there's no way I can do that with like more, like once I'm doing that, I can't be pregnant Mm -hmm. and having babies. Yeah. But it's like when you think about all of the conviction of what what God was convicting me about about kids and his control and his sovereignty and his provision and all of these different things and his faithfulness it's like it doesn't fit into the conclusion of like well but that's not gonna apply once I homeschool like but I still wanted it to and then I wanted that to I know we're going super long here guys hopefully it's interesting enough these are important things to going. talk about. <clears throat> so, I think it was by the time after we had Brinley where we both were finally like, okay, like, there might still be reasons and times to control this process or to to take into account, like, circumstances going on. And we're not saying that every single person should never have any ways or understand the process or mm-hmm. ever can not control having babies but any of our reasons are very much not in line yeah. with anything we feel like we could stand before God and say like well but I was like feeling really busy yeah <laughs> and thought it might be hard to have another baby because that would make me busier you know it just Um, I think he had shown us his faithfulness so much, his provision so much through having so many little kids so close together and really Mm -hmm. um, having days where we just were like, this is crazy and we don't even know how we're 
making it through some of this, but yet we were, and it was definitely not even like, I mean, we were enjoying it Mm -hmm. and enjoying our kids and just seeing the, the fruit of that. And so, um, we've definitely, I would say from the time I had Brinley, probably through the time I had Archer. So over the course of like three or four years, we, we both came to the point of, okay, like there's very few reasons we would try to control this process and yeah. we're, we view our children as blessings and we're excited about this, but we would have those moments of doubt creep up, but God was so faithful every single time without fail that when I was feeling the most like what are we doing like this is stupid Mm -hmm. like no like let's rethink this surely we're not surely we're just nutcase people who like this is not really what like we we just went too extreme we just like took this too far chip would be like here are all the reasons this is what the bible says Mm -hmm. and he would and then equally when he would go through those periods I would it would be like then those were the times when I was the most like no this is I I feel like we really I I don't remember a time where we both went through like heavy doubting of the conviction at the same time Mm -hmm. um which I just really think is a testimony to again to God's faithfulness in in that of like but Anyway, so it was after I had Titus that then we became friends, and that's when you, right, became friends when you found out you were pregnant with Sarah. So this jumped back into your... Yeah, I was definitely struggling with, should we be controlling this and asking those questions before we got pregnant with my third, but Tim was still very much like, no. And he didn't really have any guys in his life or you guys didn't even really have any family and families no. in your life mm-hmm. where you were seeing what it, it like. played out as so i think when that that was some of the first like counsel from you guys that we were like okay here you guys are with your sixth kid and like we're pregnant with our third but like what does like how does this look biblically and i remember tim and chip having a lot of conversations i actually remember one very specific conversation you and i having in my kitchen i think chip was there too chip might have even been the one to say it but you guys saying like you guys are like just reaching the like peak of hardness with having like three little kids like all really young and like you're like you're just getting over that hump of like once you get over the hump it's not as hard as it is right now to add more kids to your family right but this is usually the point in time where people just are like i'm backing out now because this is so hard and you can't even fathom adding any more kids to your family but i remember you saying that you guys saying that and feeling like yeah i mean it's one of those things where, like, logically in your mind, you because can kind of your older see kids will be older when you have makes more. Sense, but it's it, it's so far out of your your own experience that it just feels like that's never going to happen, though. Right. You can even look at other people's families and other kids that have grown up, yeah, and feel like, but that's just not my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sure, your kids yeah. are like 
grown up and helpful, but... Right. My kids are so young. And and so it was after my third was born that that was probably the worst, quote unquote, most inconvenient time to feel that way about like, it was similar to you of like, why would now be the time that God's convicting me on like... Are having a fifth baby when like you have all these little kids and Fourth. newborn twin, twins? No, your fifth. Oh, baby. mine. Yes, yes, me. Yes, for you. Yes, like you saying that. That's like why am I even thinking about this? This is so stupid to even consider right now because right. life is so crazy. That right. similarly, I felt well in different all- circumstances, but I felt similarly when like my third baby was in the hospital all of the time. I had two and other little. Kids. Honestly, I mean to be completely honest, it really caused Chip and I to have a lot of conversations of like do we continue to encourage Tim and Abby to just not I mean especially because you had Selah in the hospital and stuff but then you were also having trouble with Cade and not knowing like mm-hmm. I mean there was just a lot and it's like is yeah. this is Cade this one was of, on a feeding tube Selah was on a feeding tube is this one of those moments where it would be like better to counsel them like maybe you guys shouldn't have more kids mm-hmm. but also not wanting to like think we're in control of like right. determining I, what and we I think, think by that point. Tim and I were so clearly on the same page and we hadn't been prior to that, that we were both like, this is not us to control. We're just going to be married and do married things. And and because you guys were there, we were never going to like right interfere and tell you guys. But it felt very but much like you guys God. would have come to us and been like, we've been praying a lot about it and we feel like with our circ, I feel like we wouldn't have known how to respond to that. We yeah. wouldn't have been able to like just clearly say like no like you're you not needed. supposed to control this right so i i want to make it really clear that we're we're not there are these very real very practical very hard things that i i don't know it, it, you can't like step into someone else's situation and always make judgment calls but at the same time i feel like then in watching you and tim you got pregnant. You're mm-hmm. they're your closest together. Yeah. Yep. And it was like the. I mean, <laughs> you found out you're pregnant like when it was like felt even almost not I had impossible, been, like, but in like in the hospital with Sailor for a couple weeks and like nearly impossible. It's like you had hardly even been like in the same Tim place at all. Yeah. And it, it just was like wow. Okay, so this is happening. Yep. And. I think just seeing how God has, like, what God has done in your family really did strengthen. Like, I feel like Chip and I got to have this up close. I mean, you guys lived it, but we got to be bystanders who are watching because this was during that time period that I'm talking about where for us it was still, we were still each having up and down moments at times of, like, doubting, you know. Yeah. And... So, I don't know. God was just incredibly faithful through all of that. He brought Sayla to a point where... Her health was so much more stable by the time I actually had my fourth baby. And... Uh, uh, like a stability that it didn't even... 
seem like it would be possible right. at the time oh, yeah. you got pregnant. Like, yes. I don't feel like it yeah. seemed like there was any way that that was what life was yeah. going to look like. Right. And then it was. And, and it's just been perfect bliss ever since. <laughs> <laughs> but that was kind of sarcastic on Abby's part, <laughs> just so you guys know. But honestly, I do feel like from after Archer and like getting pregnant with Deke and then getting pregnant with this baby I I've it's been much less there's still moments but the moments are very far apart and they're not nearly to the same depth they're yeah. like I'm able I guess to recognize them as like this is just flush this is just stupid yes. and God's yeah. gonna like I'm just not trusting you God like right yes like but there's still memory. moments where you're like I'm only 30 and I'm having my sixth baby and how many more babies am I gonna have and yeah and then the very humbling reality of like I think it's so easy to like mathematically do these things of like oh this is my typical and this is what my patterns have been and this is if I keep having a baby every this many months and I'm able to have babies until I'm this age then I'm gonna have this many kids and it's like I think though then when we when we stop and really think about like there's that's not promised to us like right like, there's no guarantee of any of that. Like, why would we become so arrogant and so prideful in thinking that we have had any yeah. thing to do? I think we're, when we see friends and things struggling with not getting pregnant, it's such a slap back in our faces of, like, why would we even let our minds think that way? Yeah. Of, like, that this is just an expected thing. And it, it is easy when you see patterns and when you fall into, like, this is just happened repeatedly but I think really trying to keep the perspective of understanding that like every single time this is a gift that we don't we didn't earn this we don't deserve this we're not like owed this and really just understanding the miracle of God allowing us to be a part of this process to be bringing new life into the world is really amazing. I mean, he didn't have to set it up to work this way. And, um, yeah, I mean, and it is, there are definitely still times where it's trusting God to provide and, and doing it in a way that isn't focused on like our comfort levels and our, like what, what things we can just buy whenever we want to buy them and go and do whenever we want to go and do them and you know like um keeping the proper balance of like well what are our actual needs in life versus like what have we just come to expect in our kind of cushy middle class american lifestyles that yeah um i don't know so it's it's not like there's never times of like really having days of thinking like wow 
how did I get here and I'm pregnant with my ninth baby and it doesn't even really seem weird anymore (laughs) yeah Um, I think sometimes too like still I remember having this happen a lot trying to remember I mean it's happened at different points all along the way but like where I'll see another family like a picture of a family I don't know or something with like six kids or eight kids and I'm like man like that's a lot of people like they have a lot of kids <laughs> and then I'm like oh but I guess they don't have even as many as like we're about to have or yeah and it's just so funny how when it's like I mean we'll we'll all be gathered in our living room like just Chip and I and the kids and there's times where I'm like is everybody here like count everybody and I'm like yeah I guess everybody's here and it, like like how it can feel like it doesn't feel like that many that many people to me yeah. even though it's eight kids yeah is just I don't know it kind of blows your mind of like yeah how does this how your perspective changes and and how, how like knowing each of your kids and like like truly knowing them yeah and like seeing them not just as like oh another one of the brown kids but right which I know is easy to do, and that's fine, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, that's more an hour and 20 minutes worth more looking to Longest episode. Our, uh, Congratulations episode number I don't know. 34. I'm curious how much of that we did talk about. I have no idea. In our first ones. But, if it's a repeat... You're welcome. <laughs> you must have gotten a more in-depth version because it's longer. Yeah. But. I think we talked more about, like, the philosophy and, like, the biblical reasoning last time, but who knows? Who knows? So. There you go, guys. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye.